comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My words are lazy, my thoughts are hazy, but this is one thing I'm sure of. Everybody needs a best friend. I'm happy I'm yours. You've got a double who brings you trouble, and though you're better without me, everybody needs a best friend. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello. Out Now is a film podcast as Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 63, and again, we have a double episode because the main films of the week are Seth MacFarlane's film, Ted, and Steven Soderbergh's film, Magic Mike. That's right. We uh, we were going to talk about Ted, but we're like, why not? You know, I want to be like Mike also. So let's talk about both of those. <laughs> and uh, joining us to discuss both films, uh, we have writer for, well, writer for and actual thoughtful slacker and the original acting choice for Gabriel Iglesias' role in Magic Mike, Jose Cordova. Hey, guys, how's it going? <laughs> and writer for Damn Dirty Blog and a man who is only alive based on magical stuffing inside of him, Jordan Grout. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. You've charmed me. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, God. Hey, thanks for that. Okay. Good. I'm glad you guys are doing well because that's amazing. <laughs> All right. Uh, wow. Uh, okay. A few, a few announcements here. Uh, corrections from last week. Uh, we forgot to do, Abe, we forgot to do no uh, movie callback for Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. We did. We did so I, you know, I got the go ahead from the others for their approval, and I, I, you know, Abe and I discussed this, of course. Uh, all of this true. We we decided the few films that obviously call back to or Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter obviously called back to Kramer versus Kramer, Reds, and My Dinner with Andre. So just you know. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Dinner with Andre was like my number one. Yeah, I was like, man, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter is sure like my Dinner with Andre, Wallace Shawn, and... Wallace Shawn, exactly. And Dominic Cooper are... Oh, yeah, okay. So, okay, got that out of the way for anyone that was concerned that we forgot to do a movie callback for Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter last week. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, we had a contest also last week for uh, our Pixar contest, and we have a winner. Um, I, uh, I asked a very simple question. What is your favorite Pixar character, and uh, you know why, in like a sentence or paragraph or whatever? And one one person emailed in. I tend to think that people think that like they're too late to do this, depending on when they listen to the show. But honestly, you have a pretty good shot at winning these contests when you enter it, so it's not not the toughest thing to do. So here here we go. We have Kyle Ross was our winner. Woo! Um, he, he chose a uh, Sully because he is tough and soft. With he is tough on the soft side. No, wait, he is soft of a tough side. Kind of like Abe. Ha ha. That's, that's what he wrote. I, it, made, it made me laugh. It made Abe cry. And then he laughed a little bit because I cheered him up afterwards. And so, yeah, Kyle Ross, you are our winner. I will email you and you, uh, you know, announce this on the show, of course. And you can just, you know, send us an email at outnowpodcast.gmail.com with like an address. And we can send you your prize of two Pixar films directed by Brad Bird. So, there you go. That's 
that was one of our simplest contests, and all of our contests are pretty damn simple. So, if you want to, you know, win a future contest, or just email us in general and, you know, take apart Abe on a daily basis, outnowpodcast.gmail.com. I'm shaking my head. Yep. And also, still going on, we have Liz, our friend of the show, Liz, is a Kickstarter campaign. Um, I'll put that in the show notes, of course, but her bread and butter movie, it needs funds, and we like her. She's a friend of the show, and if you were to pledge $25 uh, to her movie, you get to, you know, have a chance of being on out now with Aaron and Abe. So, Abe, what, what, what do we call this? It's a win-win-win-win. Yep, there we go. Yeah. Um, let's see, one more thing. Of course, iTunes reviews and ratings. It uh, helps out the show. It's really easy to do. You log on to iTunes, you give a star rating, and possibly write a sentence if you want to, and it, you know, takes all of 30 seconds maybe, and, you know, approaches, promotes the show and helps out. It's it's cool to you know, do reviews, and, you know, it makes it makes us happy. And, you know, we don't, we don't want grumpy guests because, you know, then, then you turn into Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> With your own fanfare. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on now. Let's get to let's get into the show here. We got Know Everybody, where each week we ask each other a few questions to try to set the tone for the podcast and bet, get her, better get to uh, know everybody. And uh, so with that said, let's start with Jordan this week. All right. Hey. Yes. Besides being a shameless, shameless shameless cash grab what is the point of the total recall remake (laughs) (laughs) to have good-looking people on the screen just so that they can be really good-looking with 40-foot screens so really there is no point no there's really no point in making a total recall remake i in plus you don't even know which website to go to is it a c is it a k in recall i don't know I haven't even tried it out. It's probably one's probably a porn website. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so yeah, I really have no idea. But I think that they're trying pretty hard to make you want to go see it, even though I'm really not that interested. Well, I can't wait for us to review it on the show since it's the only thing that comes out that week. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jose. Yes. Who's a creepier character, Giovanni Ribisi from Ted? Or Ted Levine from Silence of the Lambs. I see what you did there, and I like it. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to go with Giovanni Ribisi and Ted. Can we, can we, can we, wait, hold on. Can we first establish that they're both amazing dancers? Can we, let's just put that <laughs> yes, they are. One of them's a little bit creepier with, like, the nude dancing. Only one has his dick tucked back. And it's Jordan Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Giovanni Ribisi has that awesome, like, is that lemonade? He's like an iced tea, and he's, like, <laughs> doing this amazing, like, his hips were gyrating so much. <laughs> he should have guest starred in Magic Mike, because he has the moves. He does, apparently. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, I, I see I see movies, franchises jumping in, jumping together. <laughs> we need that, that cross-franchise promotion. Um, all right, let's go with uh, Aaron. Yo. Do you prefer... Channing Tatum dancer or Channing Tatum actor? Well, I got to get both in Magic Mike. I mean, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say dancer just because the guy has moves, but he's pretty affable. Like he has some. He, he's he's pretty charming in Magic Mike. He, he's let's see. What, what did he have? The, he had he had some acting scenes, but he, he made me <laughs> laugh. Right, well, while he was driving at the end of the movie. My answer, my answer here, actually, I'm, I'm changing my answer. My answer is uh, Channing Tatum as Marilyn Monroe. I think that's my preferred. 
let's 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 move on. Okay, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to spoil that key scene in the film. Um, okay, Jordan. Hi there. What's the movie you think of when you think of gorgeous casts? This could be a male or female related answer. I think of uh, Boys Don't Cry. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, that's a good question. I what know. About that's why I asked. Gorgeous casts. I have mine. Oh, damn you. How about uh, Watchmen? <laughs> um, I, I can't think of a good answer. I, I'm, I'm kind of stuck. Jose, what, what do you have? For some reason, I thought Mean Girls. <clears throat> All right. There's a lot of beautiful women in that movie. There are. Uh, what about... Well, Showgirls is not really a beautiful cast, but... <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know. What do you think of? Oh, the Full Monty, obviously. Those, those, well, guys, those guys are gorgeous. Come on. Horse? Not... Did you say War Horse? I said Horse. The character <laughs> Horse. I love I the Full Monty enough where I can name the characters in that movie, because I really like that movie quite a bit. I'm, I'm going to think of something in the middle of the show, okay. and I'm going to book it out. I can't wait to hear it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, my turn. Jose. Shoot. The producer of Total Recall uh, stated that he has plans to remake Starship Troopers. What's your opinion of Starship Troopers? Leave him alone. No, 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 the, the movie in general. Oh, the, the movie in general? Yeah. I actually like it. I thought it was... I saw it when... For some reason, I saw it when I was, like, 10. And, um... I, well, I was 10, so I was like, boobs. And then, um, but I saw it again when I was older, and it, I, I actually like it a lot. That movie's one of my favorite, like, movie-going experiences. I saw that, like, when I was equally at a young age. My dad took me, and we saw it, and it was, like, opening night, and it was, like, because I saw it, I saw it, like, by UCI, so it was, like, a huge, like, college crowd to see it. That was, it was, like, a really fun experience. Everyone was, like, really into it. Although we were, we were all upset that Blur's song, too, was not in the movie. That was in the trailers. Oh yeah, that was prominent in every trailer. Yeah. So. Okay, I, I have an answer. Okay, to, good. Is it Starship uh, Troopers? I, I feel it's a pretty gorgeous cast of Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah, it is actually. Yeah, but true. I feel I have a better one. Okay. Uh, the Muppet movie. Okay. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it took me so long to think of that. Beat that answer, guys. Come on. Yeah. I know. Not even gonna try. <laughs> I think that's me. Uh, Abe. Yeah. What is your favorite Steven Soderbergh slash actor pairing? Because I know he, he likes to work with a lot of people like uh, multiple times. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's got to work with Channing Tatum again for his third time. Yeah, he's got. <laughs> I really like him uh, with uh, First Clinic. That is a good one. I love the Oceans movies. I'll just I'll just vamp by saying Out, Out of Sight's one of my favorite movies of all time. So George Clooney, Soderbergh. Yeah. Okay. Aaron. Yeah. Would Magic Mike have been a lot cooler if Jonah Hill was in it? Would Magic Mike have been a lot cooler if Jonah Hill was in it? Yeah. If he, he would have been a Twenty One Jump Street repairing. If he played, and, if if he was able to beat out Jose and Gabriel Iglesias for the role of DJ Bouncer <laughs> guy, then yeah, I, I, it would have been. Gabriel Iglesias for that movie, oh, I was just like, oh my god. I, I thought that hilarious. It's like, Gabriel, Fluffy's here? This is great. 
<laughs> yeah, I was thinking like Gabriel Iglesias. I guess he's trying to get more serious acting roles. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm a fan of him on Facebook, and so he posted something about like, you know, go watch Fluffy and Magic Mike, and I was like, is he joking? Like, is this a joke? <laughs> and I watched the movie, and I was like, I was really in it. His stripper scene was amazing. That doesn't happen, Jordan. I'm sorry. I don't want to hurt you by making you think that. <laughs> All right. I'll just ask this to everybody. If you could have a loyal animal companion, what would it be? Uh, Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> <laughs> or the AI bear. It'd be the uh, the dog from Inspector Gadget. Uh, Odie? Oh, you guys have such good answers. Odie? Is that Odie? Is that the name? Yeah, I'm trying to look it up too. I forget. Or the alligator. Alligator. I think badass. <laughs> the what? The, the alligator, alligator from Alligator? Yeah. Brain. With Robert Forster. Brain. What's Odie? Odie's Garfield. What am I thinking? Oh my god. They look. They have similar looks though. That's why I think I thought. They that. do. I think I have to go with the most fearsome creature known to man and say Velociraptor. <laughs> there you go. Good answer. Awesome. Good answer. Sick him on this. Well, you know what? I'm gonna take the T-Rex. That's, a, that's that's impractical, Jordan. Don't be stupid. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I'll show you guys. All right, well, that's how you play. Know everybody. Um, let's move on, then, to movie trailer talk, where we discuss a couple of the newest movie trailers of the week. And the first trailer we're going to talk about is a movie a long time coming. Taken 2. Still taken. Woohoo! Um, this <laughs> take it. Still taken. Um, this is, of course, the sequel to Taken, starring Liam Neeson. Re sorry, resident badass Liam Neeson. And this time, it looks like Boris the Blade wants revenge on Liam Neeson's character from the first film for murdering everybody in, East in, in France. And so he manages to take uh, Pam K. Johnson's character, and for, for whatever reason, we all everyone forgets that she was a bitch in the first movie, and Liam Neeson's desperately trying to get her back. <laughs> uh, Maggie Grace returns as well, but it looks like she gets to be in on some of the action this time around. Liam Neeson's, you know, at it again, doing doing stuff with his fists and his kicks and his powerful words. I think he actually says "taken" in the trailer too. Again, like he, he says, he gives like a, a devastating speech. Just taken too. Yep, he's. <laughs> You're gonna be taken too. Like, <laughs> that'd have been hilarious if he actually said that. It's it's coming. Here, here we go. Same thing happens to the same guy twice. Die Hard Two style. Jordan, what do you think of the trailer? I, I can't say I'm really excited for it, <laughs> but I'll see it. I'm I'm definitely gonna see it. It just feels like a, a cash grab. Once again, uh, it doesn't look like anything new is happening. Jose. I mean, the first Taken wasn't anything, I don't think, revolutionary. And this looks like more of the same. I mean, I enjoyed the first film a lot, so as long as I get to see Liam Neeson, like, karate shopping dudes in the neck, I'm, I'm there. Abe? <coughs> yeah, this is said my words, which is just more of the same. Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm ultra excited. And again, I don't know why people don't remember that uh, his wife wasn't really the most appealing character in the first film. Plus, worse, they were her new husband. And his it, it, it looks like from the look of the trailer that that the, the new the the, uh, the um, that like the new husband is like out of the picture. It looks like he got she got back together. She with, like, back with uh, yeah Liam she, Neeson. She ditched um, John Connor's stepfather for Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll go see it. It's just more. I, I don't know if I'm going to be expecting too much. So that might turn out to be a good thing. Yeah, I uh, I mean I'll see it probably. I mean I guess because it's you know taken too. And I mean it is a. 
<laughs> it is a sequel that seems unnecessary and all too convenient, but it also is a Luc Besson action movie. I like, I mean, he didn't, he, you know, he, once again, he, you know, like got a napkin and wrote down an idea. It's like, hey guys, let's, uh, we can do this team take a movie. And he got one of his protégés. In this case, it's Olivier Megaton who did uh, Transporter <laughs> 3 and um, uh, Columbiana and has like one of the best director names currently also. And, yeah, I mean, well, we'll see. I guess I, I, I hope it has another like, uh, helpful barbecue scene where Liam Neeson is and his and his CIA but buddies like all hang out together and talk about old times. <laughs> but, for no particular for no reason. particular reason. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Liam Neeson certainly established himself as an action star in his late career here. So, but after the. Hey, after, oh, after the gray it's certainly going to be a de- i mean the gray which currently stands as maybe still my favorite film of 2012 it's yeah. uh it, it'll, it'll be you know tough to see him go back to like this world of like yeah and yeah I, I think we've kind of established my feelings about taken before too where i certainly enjoy that movie but it it maggie grace is hysterical to me in that movie and it really only gets good like 30 minutes in i mean so yeah well, oh yeah yeah not. Yeah, the director should direct uh, the next Transformers film. So you could say Megaton directs Megatron. Boom on the poster. <laughs> or he could make a Megatron. He could make a Megatron spinoff. You're welcome, Paramount. You it, can take that. It'd be it'd be taken. It'd be it'd be Megatron like working in a deli, and I'll, it'd be the spinoff. That'd be the premise. All right. Well, Taken Two, all necessary, all of that necessary. Taken Two comes out October fifth, two thousand twelve. So we shall see, I guess, with that one. The next trailer we're going to talk about is almost exactly like Taken 2. It is called Hotel Transylvania. And this is about, well, this is an animated feature. Is it, what is it? Is it Fox? Or is I want to say Blue Sky. Is it Blue Sky? Sony animation. Is it Sony? Is it Sony? I think so. Oh, it is Sony, yeah. Which makes me happy because Cloudy of a Chance Meatballs is Sony. So there you go. So it's uh, also making me happy. This is uh, from Jendi Tarkovsky, who made a... Samurai Jack and the uh, yeah. among other things, including like the uh, the 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 2D animated Star Wars Clone Wars series, which is also pretty awesome. And um, I believe um, the Powerpuff Girls too. Yeah, I I'm a fan of Jendi Tarkovsky. And this is his like I believe this is his big like theatrical debut film, and it's about basically all the like classic movie monsters all staying in a hotel together. Like this is where they go on vacation or what have you. So you have like the mummy and Frankenstein, the invisible man, werewolf and, you know, Dracula, of course. And there's a host of voices in here, which basically seems like an, a uh, happy Madison production. Cause you have Addy, Adam Sandler, Kevin James, David Spade, John Lovitz, uh, Steve, Busch- Steve Buscemi and uh, a bunch of other people. But, uh, it looks like a you know a clever kind of premise, and I like the idea of seeing Jendi take on a big theatrical film. So we'll see. Abe, what do you think? Hotel Transylvania. Oh yeah, it, lo- it looks like something that I'd probably go see. It's fam- more family friendly, but um, I don't know if I'm too excited for just like the whole entire plot overall of you know everyone's there at the hotel, and then all of a sudden a regular backpacker shows up, and they have to avoid him as best they can. But uh, hilarity will probably ensue. Jose? Um, I mean, it looks. It doesn't look too bad. Um, like you said, uh, uh, Jen is it Jendi Tart- Tartakovsky? Yeah, Jendi Tartakovsky. Um, he he's done some awesome stuff, just like on Cartoon Network and everywhere else. And I think, I mean, if he's involved, that's probably a good thing. And uh, other than that, it looks like you know a silly, 
whimsical family movie. It looks enjoyable. I'll probably go see it. Jordan? I would be so excited for this movie if it weren't for Adam Sandler. I cannot get past his voice in the trailer. It irritates me. And, and okay, I'm definitely going to see it because there are things in the trailer that I love, like them opening the door to the skeleton taking a shower. <laughs> I think that's hilarious, and that, that makes me giggle. But his voice just grates on my nerves. I cannot stand Adam Sandler. Like ever, or just like now recently? Um, for the past like ten years. Well, the well, when did Punch Drunk Love? Two thousand two. Yeah, that <laughs> exception, I guess. Ten years ago. Ten years. Ten ago. years ago. That's when I started hating him. No, um, for for a long time. I uh, I, I can't stand the guy. I hate hearing his voice. I should say I just watched Funny People literally yesterday because I wanted to like feel better about Adam Sandler because <laughs> I haven't in a while. And I like that movie. He's good at that movie. But um, my thoughts on Hotel Transylvania, yeah, it looks enjoyable. I, I mean, yeah, I like it. It's, the, the main thing it comes down to is the fact that, yeah, Jenny Tartakovsky's doing a movie that makes me excited. And, yeah, it does throw me off that it's like it's like a co-produced happy madison production seemingly just because of everybody involved in it but i mean i like the i like the the concept it, it looks like fun it, it it has enough where like this is this is this is neat this, this should this should hold me over for a bit <laughs> so, um maybe not like the it's not on the level of like paranorman which i'm like really excited to see but it's on the same level as that like rise of the guardians movie where like it something coming it's a, i want to see this more than i don't want to see ice age or madagascar 3 so what about like frankenweenie how do you come i want to see frankenweenie yeah. frank and frankenweenie is on that level of paranormal but there's stuff yeah. there but there's stop animation movies and i love stop animation movies so, sure yeah so i want to see those for the hotel transylvania it, it looks fine i yeah it's from so i like i like i like sony pictures animation actually they've, they've done for the few films that they've done i've liked like i think each of them which they had um well, they had Claudio of a Chance of Meatballs, which already I love. And they did, um, what they did? They did the other Penguin one, Surf's Up, too, which I like. I like the open season. Open season's fine also. Like, they're fine. Yeah. I, I like I like the track record of, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen Arthur Christmas, though, which I. I heard it was pretty decent. I, I did, too. It's decent. It's an art, yeah. it's an art animation movie, right? So. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Hugh Laurie's in it. So there you go. Yeah, you have House and Ardman. So, you know, the two things that people love. <laughs> <laughs> all right well kind of out. i didn't um mention or oh, recommend that we talk about here comes the boom which one's here comes the did boom you, did you see that killer? the Kevin james's that. mma movie yeah <laughs> pa, but, hold, oh hold, i haven't i haven't seen hold, that trailer yet. hold on because i my mouth is agape kevin james has an mma movie coming out yeah it's like yeah, this <laughs> It's like, it's like warrior but funny supposedly. yeah so it's, a, <laughs> it's like warrior. is it a happy madison movie Here's the premise. Kevin James is a teacher. The school is having financial problems, and he joins the MMA to raise money for the school. Is this a Happy Madison movie? Yeah, but it doesn't look terrible, surprisingly. Oh, you're saying it looks good. You, 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 you actually want to see this movie. It looks funny. I want to see it. It's from... Who's it? Yeah, it's a Happy Madison movie. It's a Frank Karat. So he did, like, The Wedding Singer and Waterboy and Click. Yeah. And I'll admit... The trailer sold me. It doesn't look horrible. Does it? It doesn't look right. like. Is it not just Kevin James like getting fat jokes thrown at him? Does he look like fit? Yeah, he actually does he, kind of look he looks fit. Like he got in pretty good shape for it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, not like Tom Hardy, but I mean, <laughs> as in good a shape as a fat man can get for an MMA movie. <laughs> Although I, I'm a big fan of Kevin, like I love the King of Queens, <laughs> um, and that guy has like surprisingly. Sometimes it amazes me what he's able to do. Like he flipped over a car once, and he did some stuff in a uh, Paul Blart that I was just. That guy's pretty fit. I I I, I have nothing against Kevin James. It's more of just. I really, I really hate grown-ups. I'm still on the flipping of a car. Did he? He flipped a car? No, he didn't flip a car. He did like a roll. Who is he? he Superman? Like somersault over the hood of a car. Oh, oh okay. All right. Well, that. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, anyway, Hotel Transylvania was- comes out in September. When here comes the boom, which I'll now have to put in the show notes and watch immediately after this podcast ends. <laughs> 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 comes out in also in October, so there you go. And Selma Hayek's in it apparently too. So yeah, so it was um and and the Fonz and Joe yeah, and Joe Rogan, which makes sense because it's an MMA movie. And so there you go. Yeah, uh, go watch it, guys. It doesn't look terrible. Right. <laughs> it so look moving ter- on. Jordan Grant approved. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, okay, let's let's get away from trailer talk and the the amazingness that looks like the triple feature I need to see between Taken 2, <laughs> Hotel Transylvania, and Here Comes the Boom. Let's move on to our first film review for the movie Ted. It has been said that magic vanished from our world a long time ago. But if there's one thing you can be sure of... I wish you could really talk to me. It's that nothing is more powerful than a young boy's wish. You're my friend John I love you but eventually everyone grows up I'm taking Lauren to dinner you don't think she's gonna be expecting something big do you it's been four years Johnny you and me have been together for 27 years where's my ring huh where's my ring put it on my fuzzy finger where's my ring come on knock it off I'm just saying That's my bad. I was sending a tweet. John. Hi, Thomas. How are you? Let me tell you about me so much fun. Baby, please ask Ted to move out so we can move on with our lives. I'm not that psyched to just, like, kick him out. Hey, you're home early. Who are these girls? Oh, my God. Where are my manners? Laurie, this is Angelique, Heavenly, Shireen, and Sauvignon Blanc. I swear to God, her name is Sauvignon Blanc. Show you a Chevron card. Okay, so that should have been some of the Ted trailer. And, uh, yeah, Ted is, of course, the story of a boy who is, wished his teddy bear would come to life. And his wish comes true. And the two become BFFs for life. Thunder Buddies, too, as well. And uh, upon reaching adulthood, the uh, boy, now played by Mark Wahlberg, uh, Ben, and, uh, or J- Ben, John, <laughs> where'd Ben come from? John and, uh, Ted, voiced by Seth MacFarlane, um, they're kind of inseparable, which becomes a problem for John's longtime, uh, girlfriend, Lori, played by Mila Kunis, and the three basically deal with relationship issues, eventually forcing Ted to kind of move out so John can hopefully get out of his life. But, uh, some trouble ensues when there's a creepy guy played by a G-Biter of EC who, uh, wants Ted for his own as well. And other things ensue that are kind of related to the plot, but really focused on the comedic hijinks. So, Abe, what did you think of Ted? 
Uh, I thought it was actually a really fun feature, and it has a uh, a heartfelt side, which which I could see coming. But when it did, you know, actually come about in the movie, I was pretty with it. And I think that a lot of the audience that I was with, um, they were all with it as well because you start to see Ted as a really good guy and also just like a, a really nice uh, addition to Mark Wahlberg's life. Um, I love the jokes, so even though they were really, really played out in some of the trailers, were still funny, but I kind of wasn't too pleased when the audience was laughing like crazy, and then I couldn't hear what happens next in the scene, because we've already seen those jokes before, like the uh, like the uh, the Thunder song, um, which was, I, I found out really funny, but again, I just was like, we've seen this all the time, and then there's actually this one scene, which I'm sure that somebody can fill me in later, was... Uh, I think they're at dinner, and then Ted so- says something really funny with his really Quincy Massachusetts girlfriend, and and then later Mark Wahlberg says, or I guess Mila Kunis says something to the effect of, she's such a whatever, and then everyone was laughing, but I, Mark Wahlberg says, I hate that word, but I didn't even catch what the word was, because everyone was laughing. It was the same anyway, word. Yeah, okay, that's what I, that's what I thought. She says, she says it pretty quickly. I missed the exact same word as well. Yeah, it was, it was weird, but... Um, but I mean, other than that, I thought Mark Wahlberg was was really good. I I really liked his facial expressions with like the Seth MacFarlane like motion capture suit guy just sitting with him, I guess. Um, but I, I thought that he was really like he was still playing like a really big kid, and uh, I really liked his performance overall. But um, I thought some of the current jokes were really funny as well. But it's just, I wonder about the the long term um, meaning of them all. You know, like oh, he's still better than Katy Perry or. You know, uh, the freaking Taylor Lautner thing, which is really funny. But I, I just wonder about how those carry on in the future. But overall, I, I thought it was a really fun feature. I, I would really um, tell everybody to go see it. Jose? I enjoyed it a lot. I, I saw it uh, opening night uh, with, like, a huge crowd. And it, it plays. I think it plays really well with a big crowd because you get a lot of laughs. But like Abe said, there are some times where I just missed um, almost entire sentences because the entire theater was laughing. Um, it's a it's a really funny movie. Um, uh, I, the performances across the board, I think, were pretty good. Um, it, it kind of bugged me, and it still kind of does, how close his voice to Peter Griffin sounds, uh, Ted's voice. But uh, I, I thought it was funny they actually make a joke about that in the movie. So uh, I, I think he, he knew what he was getting himself into. But, uh, I mean, overall, it's just it's a really good time. I don't know if it'll hold up, I don't know, say two, three years from now. But... Uh, I say go watch it. It's just it's, it was just a hilarious movie. Jordan, well, the feature is probably the best description of the Adam Sandler film Jack and Jill. Um, <laughs> I, that was one of my favorite scenes in the film. No, but overall, I thought it was fantastic, and I think it, it absolutely will hold up in years to come. For a plot that is just kind of so bare, really kept the momentum moving. It reminded me a lot of. Um, 21 Jump Street, which is another one of like, the year's best comedies. I, I never felt that the humor was mean-spirited. Like, even in, in, in its most vulgar, I, I, I never thought it was offensive. And even though it takes stabs at like, pretty much everyone in so many situations, like 9-11 and Jews and homosexuals and even white people and rape, like, I never felt like it, it was vindictive. Um, maybe you guys disagree, but... And the the real star here is Mark Wahlberg. 
I, I, I thought he was such a surprise. And he's an actor that I feel only a few directors really know how to, to, to use, such as like David, David o. Russell, o. Russell and uh, Martin Scorsese. But I thought Seth MacFarlane... M. Night Shyamalan. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, The Happening is one of the greatest <laughs> companies of all time. But, I, you know, I, I felt MacFarlane knew his strengths and really played towards them. And he is so good in this movie. And he has such great chemistry with uh, Kunis. And, and, and even the, the, the te this teddy bear, this, this special effect, you, you really feel... Like it's it's alive, like it's there, and thanks to Mark Wahlberg, he really sells it. Uh, and and Kunis also deserves props. I feel like I I think she just gets better and better with each role, and she gets more beautiful in in each film. I feel. Um, this is the best Mark Wahlberg. It, this is the best Mark Wahlberg Mila Kunis movie I've seen since Max Payne. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. And that I mean, that's <laughs> I not forgot that they were together. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> How, how can you forget that? <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I, I felt that she she really elevated the movie and brought some some gravitas to the proceedings. And um, I, I thought a lot of uh, I Love You, Man, where the love interest kind of becomes unlikable, I felt, at the end, and kind of becomes a prude, and you don't really side with her. And and, and, and this one, they, they really force the audience to, to, to empathize with her. And it creates uh, this, this genuine pathos for for a conflict. I thought it made the whole movie just well-rounded and and uh, just just really fantastic for a comedy. I really enjoyed the movie too. And the first thing I want to speak to is something I disagree with with uh, Abe and Jose on, which is kind of the the amount of laughter that goes on in the theaters. In other comedies, it tends to yes overlap a lot of the uh, other dialogue that you miss. And in this case, I didn't find I didn't find that happening very often because I think the I, I think it's because the comic direction is very solid. I think Seth MacFarlane has a really he has a really good handle on how to kind of add a tag to scenes or had, add like the add the punchline and then move on to the next scene without like having joke after joke after joke. I think he finds the way to to bring space in between scenes, which. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that too. It's just more, I think. There are, yeah, I mean, there's parts, obviously, the audience is, like, rolling with laughter at various moments, but I didn't find myself, yeah. like, missing jokes too often because of, and I saw it twice uh, within yeah. the past three days, and I, I noticed it more the second time around where he, there'll be, like, there'll be, like, big comedic punchlines, and then it cuts to the next scene where you have, you, you're, you're allowed to breathe in between, so, yeah. you're, so you're not missing too much of what's, you're not missing more jokes because of it, and I, I thought that was actually, it was pretty solid for being like, a, this is his first, you know, theatrical film that he's directed, that I thought that was, there were some really good, you know, directorial choices that you don't really see in comedies like this too often, just because, I mean, because it, a lot of comedies are, you know, kind of sketchily done, just for, you know, for the sake of the joke, like uh, American Reunion would be a good example, where the, it's not really about the directing, it's just about, you know, let's just pile on as much raunchy humor as we can and not really, you know, care. I, I thought the direction in this movie was pretty solid, you know, and along with, you know, the movie as in general, it's very funny. I agree with what you, all you guys have said, there's a lot of just great jokes in here, there's a lot of raunchy humor, but at the same time, like Jordan was saying, it's not mean-spirited. They're, uh, 
there's certainly jabs at a lot of different, you know, races and cultures and what have you, including, I'm sure, Abe's favorite portrayal of an Asian character on film in some time. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> why does he have a goose? Because <laughs> he was going to be, he was going to make duck later. That's why. And he obviously had to carry it. <laughs> but um, it's, you, you don't, it's not like, it's, it's not a mean-spirited film, which is something, because I I, haven't, I don't watch Family Guy anymore. I, I used to watch Family Guy in its early heyday, and then I watched it when it came back on, but I just kind of stopped. And it's it comes down to a lot, I think, because I never really analyzed why I stopped watching it, but I just kind of stopped caring. And I think it's because Family Guy's mean. It's a mean show a lot of the time. Mm. It, it sometimes very rarely decides to have like a like a trace of heart or like you know has that obligatory what i learned at the end of the episode message but it's a very mean show and it kind of turns me off and going into ted i was expecting to see basically a live action family guy episode which i figured i'd like laugh at but not enjoy as much as i actually did with ted and it's because i really like the characters i liked who these people were and how it treated them with respect. You have like Mila Kunis who could have like, as Jordan said, easily been like a shrewish character, but she's not, she's a person you, you, you kind of, you get her side of the story. You feel, you feel what, what she's going through and why like there's a problem. You, and Ted also could have easily been like, he could have been a jerk or the villain or antagonist type character that Mark Wahlberg would need to like really desperately need to get away from in order to live his life. But he's not that character. He's a, he, he has conversations with John and with Mila Kunis that kind of mean something that have ma- have backing to them and like, reflect who these characters are and allow them to grow. And I thought those aspects were really, you know, worthwhile. It made the movie a good film that I'd happily watch again and, you know, feel good about. Hey, Johnny, how about a beer, huh? Ooh, a couple of Charles Bukowski's? A couple of Brustoyevsky's? Maybe a Mike Brugoslowski? Perhaps a Teddy Bruski? That's a good one. You know what? I think I, too, want a Martina Nevertabruski. Oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 that doesn't no, work. No, 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 don't ruin it, no. That totally works. No, no. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't the name work. has to have a ski at the end of it, and you just put brewski at the end of Martina Navatilova, so... Well, I just thought we were saying funny names. No, no, it has it has to have a ski at the end of it, otherwise, where's the challenge? You know, if there's no ski at the end of the root word, then we would just be idiots saying nonsense. That said, it's also freaking hilarious, too, just kind of the jokes that are going on, the sight gags, the various cameos that pop up throughout... It's like it's a it's just a really funny movie that like it knows what it's doing and it it's it's certainly surprising in terms of how good I found it to be. So yeah, I think the uh, the Asian character is a great example of 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 how the film just it is not mean spirit. Like it's that, yeah. that that joke is just so over the top and it's just so absurd that it's really hard to be offended by that. I mean, uh, they're 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 not trying to offend anyone. It's just how they have fun. I I feel. And I watched uh, 21 Jump Street uh, like yesterday, which is still, I think, the best comedy of the year. And I think Ted only comes in second because of the last act. I, I, I felt like the plot didn't really know where to go, so it threw in this superfluous subplot with the, well, well I, I, I won't ruin it. But there's this chase sequence, and I felt that it was played a bit too serious. Um, whereas rewatching Twenty One Jump Street, the the chasings were exciting, but at the same time, they were successfully mocking that action comedy trope. That's where I feel that's where Ted kind of failed. Yeah, no, I think you make a really good point there. That's a good comparison between the two the two chase sequences. Where uh, in Ted, it kind of goes to the generic uh, third act action, you know 
characters in danger and uh, in 21 Jump Street, while there is that danger, they, they do have a, a really good time just, you know, saying, oh, I really thought that one was going to blow up. And yeah, they really built the joke. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and even though Giovanni Ribisi is great in the movie, he's <laughs> playing as, as creepy as possible. Yes. Yeah. He he's continuing this career of playing like the creepiest people like ever. Um, just like he, Avatar. He's, he's, <laughs> um, but it's it just, the the whole third act kidnapping plot just really didn't work for me. Well, I mean, there were still jokes here and there that I laughed at, and to the film's benefit, it it didn't lose steam. I just didn't think it was as successful as the first two acts. I would agree with that just because that whole party scene is like the highlight of the movie in terms of just oh, everything that's going on yeah. in that sequence. But I mean, I think, I mean, it, it sets itself up and I think the plot knows where it's going. It's just, the plot's not very important in this movie. And it just kind of, it goes through the motions of having a plot, but, and it, you know, it needs one because you need to have a movie, but oh, it, sure. it's not a, it's not a movie that really depends on the strength of its story as much as just depends on, you know, how good these characters are, you know, formed and how well the jokes come across. And, you know, it's really just about having a good time. Yeah, it does get, it gets pretty serious. And yeah, I would probably, if I had to choose between the two, I'd probably go with 21 Jump Street over Ted in terms of the pure, best pure comedy of 2012. There's other comedies that came out that I like more, but not like pure, like just straight up comedy. Um, Yeah, 21 Jump Street would probably take it, but I still, yeah, I was really into Ted enough where I was having a good time, but it helps that I like these characters enough as well, where I, you know, I got the, I was happy with where the third act went. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, like by the end of the movie, I, I loved it. And it's something I'm going to see again. And I really believe that like it, it, it will be around for a hell of a long time. And it, it could become this, this comedy classic. And I wouldn't be surprised because it, it's great. It's really well written. Um, the score is fantastic. The score is fantastic, actually. You have a Walter Murphy who does the music for Family Guy, and he brings like because Seth MacFarlane has he's he despite like his his tendency to go to like you know like a humor that's very crude and raunchy. He he has like an old fashioned sensibility where he brings this kind of almost like screwball comedy or like early like film kind of score where it's very like orchestral and. Very bump, 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 bump. like it is. It's like it's it's this very. He he really loves that old stuff. He put out an album, I think, of him singing like Sinatra stuff. And yeah, yeah. Old Kurt stuff. Yeah. So he clearly has a love for that stuff. Yeah, he <laughs> it, it, it works well in this film. Like it it it's fun. Yeah. And and both films, both Ted and Twenty One Jump Street, they have good good themes and good uh good lessons about friendship and friendship. Yeah. And especially this one about. Like letting, like when to let go of your past and when to hold on, and how cool Apache yeah, helicopters are. <laughs> exactly, exactly. How dangerous they are. Don't don't ruin that. So. I didn't. <laughs> no, no. The uh, the animation is quite solid in this film too of of the Ted character. Oh. Yeah, I loved looking at the the wear and tear from throughout the years. And yeah, like how 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 teddy bears get like that weird dirty wisp at the end, you know, where their furs are to stick together. I was like, yeah, that's pretty accurate there. And, like, the lighting on the Mariner, it just all felt consistent throughout. I was really happy with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's something that I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets uh, the Oscar nomination. I, we'll see about that. But it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a good-looking I mean, for a movie that, you know, depends on 
much like like Paul, I mean, it depends on having the central character be fully realized despite not being, you know, real. It works. It works well. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on Ted before we wrap up? Uh, just a really random small thought. I think you guys said this too. It, it treats its characters so well. And there was actually, um, I was surprised by, um, Mark Wahlberg has this like really attractive coworker. And I thought it was awesome that she like never came out to him. She was just like this person that he talked to at work. You know, I, and I, at the beginning of the film, I kind of expected that, I don't know, she was going to hit on him or something. And that was going to be like another source of, uh, you know, problems in his, in his relationship or whatnot. But no, she was just like, you know, she's some chick. Who works there with him? I thought that was good. Cool. I don't know. Yeah, I thought that too, actually. I also like Patrick Warburton's role as guy. I was just about to say. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to spoil it, but his boyfriend—that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I love the film's obsession with the Tom Skerritt. Tom Skerritt, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's off in a big I, way. I, too. Okay, okay. Here's a here's a question. Did anyone, did we like Joel McHale in this movie? Yeah, he seems to be channeling uh, Will Arnett. I felt, but uh, oh. I, I, I yeah, I liked him. You know what? That's very fitting, actually. If I feel like if Will Arnett was in that, because I thought he was okay, but I think yeah, if Will Arnett was in this movie as that role, I think it could have been better. That's yeah, yeah. I, I agree. He definitely had that creepy like Will Arnett voice. <laughs> well, it's like, it seems like he was going for it, but it just because I like I, I still know Joel McHale from like Community and like The Soup where like it just didn't feel because he's trying to play like a, like an asshole character. And yeah, it, he's playing yeah playing and, a dick. And, like, he can do that, but it just didn't feel like he was completely nailing that role in this film, which was not irritating, but just kind of felt off compared to other other members of the cast of this film. Will Arnett is a very good... So yeah, that was definitely the vibe that I was getting. I didn't even think about it. But I do like how he casually says, like, oh, here's my, here's my picture of me and Tom Scarrett. And it's like... What? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the... It's weird, it's like, uh, I know, how, I know that, that we're all old because they were making Top Gun references... And nobody was getting it except for like me and my buddy that were that were there, and it was just really awkward. Well, Abe, we don't all go to theaters that have only eleven-year-old boys watching the movie, but all right. I love the uh, airplane parody as well. The airplane uh, parody was yes. <laughs> that's maybe my favorite airplane parody, just because of how like <laughs> that, that, and that's like probably the most Family Guy joke in this movie, just in terms of having a cutaway that goes to something completely random. That that was a good that was a good show. <laughs> In some ways, I, it almost felt like... I know you said, Abe, that you thought it was just going to be a, you know an extended Family Guy episode. And it almost feels that way at certain points, but not like not to its detriment. Like, there's a, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's just like the of, scenes. Yeah, yeah. Which there, the, are, uh, there aren't many of, by the way. There's only... there's not like this, It's not like Family Guy where it is like just random, random, random. Yeah, they have to like, refer to something really random like all the time. They're very specific cutaway jokes, and they do like apply to what's being talked about for the most part. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're brief, too, and yeah, Family Guy can go on and on and on, and this, it's like just a couple moments, and you're back yeah. in the movie. And you're back, in, you're back with the flow. And the, again, that goes to the, like one, one of the, the, the more memorable, I guess, Mark Wahlberg scenes for me is, is when she has to, Mila Kunis has to clean up some poop off the ground, <laughs> and he's hiding behind like a, like a beam in the apartment. He's just got really great comedic timing in that scene. 
He's got great facial expressions in that scene, and I just thought, oh, Mark Wahlberg, you're killing it, buddy. He does. He knows how to, like, Wahlberg's really good in this movie. He's really funny, yeah. and it, it, it works. He needs to do more comedy. He's a good comedic actor. He's been, like, funny in movies before. Like, he's funny. I, I didn't see Date Night, but I heard he was pretty he's, good in that. I would say he's a highlight of that movie, which which is a pretty forgettable yeah, yeah. movie. He's pretty good in that. He's good in, um... Uh, the departed, the, the departed, of course. The other guys, he's good in that movie. Uh, he's he's yeah. funny in that movie. He's so good in I Heart Huckabees. He's yeah, he's the only thing I like about I Heart Huckabees. I don't like that movie, but I like Mark Wahlberg in it because I think David O. Russell knows how to make Mark Wahlberg like he. Mark Wahlberg seems to be the only one that really got what that movie was supposed to be to me. Mila Kunis is good too. Like Mark Wahlberg and Mila Kunis have like really good chemistry in this movie, which is something I really enjoyed as well. Yeah. All right. Um, so I think we're. At, at the end of talking about Ted, then, so let's go with our uh, review for the or our rating for the film each week and out. Now we try to give a rating that goes from when you should go and see it. So it has a scale from IMAX theater, Dollar Theater, Netflix, HBO TV, or just forget about it. Where, um, Abe, where on that scale would you put Ted? Theater, go see it. Jose, if it was playing in IMAX, go see it in IMAX. It was good times. Jordan. Yeah, I'd say theater. It, it definitely is worth watching with a with an audience. I know you guys were complaining that you couldn't hear a few jokes because you know the audience was still laughing, and that happened a few times. But I loved it because that's a sign of a great comedy. Right. They're, they're yeah. still with it, and there are a few jokes that I missed, sure, but I'll watch it again and, and pick up on them. Uh, but for that one experience, I just thought it was fantastic, and it really uh, added to to the experience. Yeah, I'm right there too. Theater, go see this movie. It's Really funny. All right, uh, let's do a little movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. This is where we talk about a few movies, just mention some that we thought of while we were watching or after we watched Ted. And um, I'm going to start off just because I had some I thought of. Family Guy, obviously it's not a movie, but just Family Guy. I thought of, as opposed to Family Guy, because what his Ted surprised me with how, what it was trying to do, uh, the early years of The Simpsons came to mind just because... The Simpsons has heart in something. That, yeah. And yeah. yeah, that maybe because I was thinking of like, well, it's going to be like Family Guy and it turned out being more like The Simpsons. So there you go. And then, yeah, Paul came to mind just because the idea of having, a, you know, a, a headlining animated character being your forefriend in the movie. And it's also where Jordan and I first met at a Paul screening. Aww. <laughs> That's right. Cute. And I thought I put down I Love You Man as well, Jordan. That was, that was one of my callbacks. Uh, Abe? Uh, I thought of the other sister for obvious reasons. <laughs> uh, kindergarten cop for I guess another obvious reason, <laughs> and then uh, Gone Baby Gone for yet another obvious reason. Gone Baby Gone. <laughs> Damn it. Gone Baby Gone. They're in Boston. Okay. Thanks. There's <laughs> okay. Ted gets kidnapped. It's kind of creepy in the house. <laughs> you got me. It's just it's just like Gone Baby Gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I thought of. Um... I thought of Toy Story, because the climax of both films are kind of similar. Did you just say you climax um, during Toy Story? Well, yeah, that too. Oh. <laughs> well, that, this is a family-friendly show, Jordan. Well, you know, uh, things happen in life. Uh, life happens. Um, no, yeah, the, the third act, big old chasing, it's kind of similar, actually. I thought of uh, Winnie the Pooh, obviously. <laughs> Um, and then, like, like Aaron, I thought of Paul and, of course, 21 Jump Street. I, I, I thought of a MacGruber, actually, because um, I, I was trying to think of MacGruber. a great comedy of the past few years that kind of fell along the wayside. Underrated and, and MacGruber. MacGruber was so much fun. Yeah. And, I did uh, as well. You know, thankfully, you know what we'll, we'll get to this. Go, go, on, go, go, go. I said, well, I, I was going to say, thankfully, um, 
Ted did a lot better than MacGruber, so hopefully it will be around in the public consciousness for a lot longer. But yeah, thought of that too. You mentioned MacGruber, and I just want to point out I was watching Hot Rod the other day, which is kind of oh, very similar. That's a, that's a funny movie. I really like Hot Rod. Every time I see it, I'm like, this movie's hilarious. Like, yeah, and actually, you know, that, that movie a lot of people don't know about yeah, is Hot Rod. That's a, that that there's similar things to Ted in Hot Rod in terms of the randomness yet sweet natured comedy. Mm-hmm. But that's another discussion. Jose, any any other movies? Um, I'm with you on Paul. Um, and actually, I agree with Jordan that that chase really I got like huge Toy Story vibes from that that scene at the end, especially with him like trying to jump from one car to the other and stuff like that. And uh, actually, um. I got a, I, for some reason I thought of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's good. That's good. Oh, yeah. 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 They're, yeah, they're movies good. that depend on, you know, animated characters being, you know, a co-star in the film. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So I, that's our talk about Ted. We're going to move on now to our next film review for Steven Soderbergh's latest, the male stripper comedy drama, Magic Mike. Good evening. You live here? Yeah. Yeah? What's your name? Kim. Kim, can you move back for me, please? We keep getting complaints of noise and underage drinking. Everybody sit down. We're going to be here for a while. You don't have anything sharp on you that I can stick myself with, do you? No. Good. Because I do. The businesses that I manage, they deal exclusively in cash. Oh, busy guy. <laughs> You're welcome to stage, the one, the only. Magic Mike. You are the husband that they never had. You are that dreamboat guy that never came along. Yeah, that's a cool table. But you made that? Hmm? You should sell these things. That's actually the idea. My sister? Mike, uh, oh, nice thank one. you, Mike. So how do you know my brother? I'm an entrepreneur. I uh, manage a few businesses. Uh, trying to hit on my sister. Okay, uh, good talk. Entrepreneur, stripper, stripper, entrepreneur. Either one. I was hoping this was all a joke. Uh, it's pretty funny. That should have been some of the trailer for Magic Mike, the new Steven Soderbergh film, which features a bunch of male strippers in Tampa. But the movie's mainly focused around Mike, played by Chang Tatum, and Adam, or the kid, played by I Am Number 4 himself, Alex Pettifer. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Mike is very good at his job. He has a male stripper who's, you know, great at dancing. But he has bigger aspirations. He wants to kind of save enough money so he can start his own custom furniture business. He, he's very... He describes himself as an entrepreneur as he has many different jobs, just the stripping job, you know, gives him the most money. While uh, the kid is kind of a slacker who just basically rises to fame pretty quickly by basically being forced on stage by Mike and, you know, have, finds him, he has a knack for it, but also gets tempted to the dark side with dealing in more illicit sort of behavior. The common link between these two is uh, Adam's sister, Brooke, who uh, wants, you know, wants her brother to be all right, and Mike, he he. he he likes hanging out with Brooke. And if, you know, speaking of other things that are pretty all right, you have Matthew McConaughey in this film, who uh, is kind of the boss of all the male strippers. And, you know, he wants to move the he wants to move the whole gang to Miami just to get things, you know, even hotter. So lots of well choreographed gyration ensues. And uh, yeah, Magic Mike happens. So let's start with only Jordan. You did not see this movie, correct? No, but you will be Dep- depending on our thoughts coming in just now. 
So let's well, of course. sell me on it. All right. Okay. So let's start with Jose. Jose, what did you think of Magic Mike? Um, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, there's, I mean, yeah, it's this movie about male strippers, and uh, so that wasn't entirely what was appealing to me. I mainly came in on a Soderbergh's name, and uh, I, I mean, I think Channing Tatum's pretty uh, uh, likable, and he has a good presence. And uh, other than that, I just, I like I said, it came in for Soderbergh's name, and I thought it was a good movie. It's a good-looking movie. Um, it's surprisingly funny. And, uh, you know, I, I was with it. for, for It's a pretty good ride. I, I thought it was enjoyable. There's a pretty good uh, pretty good uh, performance from, well, mostly the entire cast, save for, like, I would say maybe two of the actors don't really pull their weight. And uh, other than that, I thought it was, it was pretty enjoyable, you know, male strippers and all. Continuing our... Uh three heterosexual males talking about Magic Mike. Abe, what did you think of it? Thanks for the segue. <laughs> um, I thought the director was really great in this movie, actually. Um, and that's just to say that the characters, although this is a film about male strippers, it could have been easily like a, a huge throwaway film, just like nothing on the screen, no no character presentation at all. But I felt as though Soderbergh did a great job, you know, with the material that he's... Uh, I, don't, I don't think he wrote it, obviously, but... Um, Channing Tatum is a freaking awesome dancer, and this is this is one of the things where I was thinking I probably should see Step Up, and we should probably do a commentary on. Oh, the hey, Step we're, Up so we're doing that. We're gonna do the. Yeah, the, we're gonna do. We're, we're, we're gonna working do on the, it. The three-way commentary. Which, the simultaneous. What? <laughs> that's right. It sounds just yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna say that, but I, I know what you're talking about. I'll just, yes. I'll just tease it out right now. We do have plans to do maybe a first in the world of commentaries. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Chang Tatum is a great dancer. It's just, it's like when you see him dancing, it's like, oh man, I should, I should really watch a yeah, step up. Um, of the actors, I think that there's acting, good acting actually going around, um, going on, all around, except for I really didn't like Alex Pettifer, and I really, really didn't like his sister Cody until Horn. later. Uh, yeah, Cody Horn in the movie when she's kind of just sitting there, and Chang Tatum has to go talk to her. Um, I found Channing Tatum to be really affable in this film. Um, he's he's a he's a likable guy, and he does aspire to be more. I, I'm glad that he comes to a realization later in the film. But yeah, you know, this is it's a it is what it is. But it's just well executed. I don't know if it's one of those movies where I'm necessarily going to be like, oh yeah, we should just watch Magic Mike on a really boring day. <laughs> I'd say it'd liven up your day. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> can't say it wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I like the movie too. I, uh, I mean, I do. I knew going in that I was like, well, this is a Steven Soderbergh movie, so it's not. I mean, it's not just going to be a bunch of male ass running around. There's going to be stuff going on, and there was stuff going on, and that's stuff I appreciated. It doesn't hurt that. Yeah, I mean, for the people that want to see this movie to see, you know, hunky guys dancing on stage, you're going to get that. But you got, you know, a good dramatic story as well. I think the. Uh, the cast is pretty good. I disagree. I think Alex Pettifer actually is pretty good in this movie. I I liked I liked his performance in it. I did, I think there is there's a way that this movie could have went where it'd be much more melodramatic than it turned out to be, and part of that goes to I think how Pettifer's turn towards doing drugs and things doesn't it doesn't become like a like a big over the top mess of him being involved in that sort of aspect. I think he kind of underplays some some areas of that. With, worked well for me and uh tatum also as we've all said he's a likable guy he's very he's he's good in this movie 
and stripping, it's just, I don't know. I've saved 13, about 13 grand. It's gonna happen eventually. Wow, 13, that's a, that's, that's a lot of ones. <laughs> there were some fives in there. Oh, okay, yeah. no 20s? Uh, you don't want to know what I have to do for 20s. You know what, I don't. You know what, let's yeah. drink these and I'll show you what you, I do no, for that's, 20s. No, that's no. okay. I wouldn't say like his more dramatic scenes really, you know, suggest that he's become an actor that can do no wrong, but I do think that he's having a lot of fun in the more fun scenes of the movie. And, you know, he's, I mean, he's obviously a good dancer. The, I mean, the, yeah, the guy, he, you know, he's hunky and what have you. The, he, he looks good in this movie. And he, he has good chemistry with a lot of the rest, with the rest of the cast. I do agree that Cody Horn, the female character, and it's maybe not necessarily her fault, but I, I think she's, she's just kind of stepping into the realm where she's not quite equipped to play such a, it's kind of a, it's it's trying not to be like a a character that feels really well like defined by certain aspects she's trying to be like a sort of what's the word I'm looking I'm trying to like phrase this correctly she's kind of she's trying to be she's trying to be like a grounded persona and it, it, yeah. it sometimes it feels very like too grounded where she's not she's not kind of emoting much for the sake of we need to make this feel real but it doesn't seem like there well there's, there's not I mean the the romance aspect is already kind of undercooked in the story so having this really grounded persona is not exactly helping on delivering the dramatic thrust that needs to happen between like Mike and her or her brother and her. So although there is a scene where she's freaking out quite a bit, but regardless, the, uh, Matt McConaughey steals this movie. Like every scene he's in is like amazing. And it's, he, he's, he's like playing up exactly like the persona of Matthew McConaughey that people kind of make fun of, but he's also like, I thought that too, but he's also and he, like, he literally has bongos in one scene, but like, this, <laughs> but he's like, he, every line he says, it's like, it's like maybe like his funniest performance since uh, Dazed and Confused. He's Confused? just, he's so, yeah, he's so funny in this movie, but he's all, he also like his character fully realizes like what, like the product that he's selling and how he needs to do that. And it's like really, yeah. It's a it's a really good it's a really good move for McConaughey, who's had a lot of good roles recently, actually. Miami is looking good. I got a couple of loopholes I got to get through with the uh, real estate attorneys down there, but after that, it's gonna be all green lights, brother. What you need from me? What's my side? You just gotta keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. I love your heads out, your focus, like a big brother to this team. You keep that up, you're gonna make a lot more than this door money. I guarantee you that. Both ways this time, though, right? Street, I want you to hear the said word, equity. E-Q-U-I-T-Y. Between this and, like, he's good, he's good in the film Bernie, which is another Richard Linklater film, just like Days and Confused, that just came out, recently came out with Jack Black. And he was good in The Lincoln Lawyer last year. Like, I, I've been liking Matt McConaughey lately. I've been happy to not see him be in, you know, forgettable Kate Hudson romantic comedies for a change and actually, you know, try again. It's supposed to be great in uh, Killer Joe, too. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for Killer Joe. A new William Friedkin movie. So that's, yeah. yeah. William Friedkin? Really? I know, right? And uh, But yeah, the uh, Magic Mike, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's like top-tier Soderbergh, but it's certainly, you know, middle-class middle Soderbergh is still better than, you know, a lot of directors working. And I love that the film's like, it's about process. Like, it's, you see, it's easily, yes, there are, like, the extended dance sequences of all the male strippers and stuff, but, like, you get the behind-the-scenes stuff, and you, and you see that, like, clearly Soderbergh has an interest in, like, showing the business side of this and showing what goes on behind the scenes and showing what goes into the making of, like, this sort of environment. It's, it's, it's neat seeing, like, 
him work in these various genre films. Like he's the past like th- the past year he's made, he's made three movies. He made Contagion, Haywire, and this film. Those are all completely different movies. But he like he strips it down and goes to like the basics of what these movies are and like the plots. Yeah. The plot's very like yeah, it's like a it's a pretty familiar story. It's not just like Ted was. I mean, the the, the strength of the story is not it, it's not the strength the story is not like the strength of this film. It's just more the performances and like how his direction plays into it. But it works. It works well. It's an entertaining film for obviously for women that want to see a bunch of guys dancing around, but for people that you know like solid direction in movies and you know have having likable casts on screen. And I think to your point about. Uh, uh... Uh, Steven Soderbergh doing different films and kind of having different feelings for all of them. I remember that we had our Contagion discussion. And I think there was a lot of different viewpoints about what that movie was about, you know, um, and everything like that. So definitely, he's really, you know, kind of stubby out there and just doing things that he, I probably really interest him. But he's still executing the the best way that he knows how. And to that, you have to give him a lot of credit. Yeah, he, he knows how to make a good movie, and I, this actually kind of reminded me of uh, of the girlfriend experience. Yeah, and uh, which he did, and um, it also reminded me of a uh, Haywire, and that you know in Haywire he just kind of he had this interest in um, you know Gina Carano, and that she kicks ass, and so he made a movie about her kicking ass, and managed to make a pretty decent movie out of it. And in this one, I think you know it, it's inspired by you know Channing Tatum's real life experiences when he was you know up and coming, and he had to be a male stripper. And it's kind of the same thing. Like you know, he's he he will you know just set the camera back and let let the guys dance and show what you know. Just kind of, I feel like he always has these really uh, deep interests in just like different things. And his way of finding out about it or gaining uh, more knowledge about it is to just make an awesome movie out of it, which is great. I should mention that this movie's loosely based on like Channing Tatum's own like personal experience as a nineteen-year-old male stripper and uh i mean i don't know how you know how far that extends to what's going on in this movie i said extends and um but i mean it's a neat sort of story i guess like i mean i certainly haven't seen this particular movie before i've kind of seen it guess because you have like the rise and fall of a i guess boogie nights would be a pretty close example but um i mean it's fun like for like how it portrays its life, but it also gets into like the dark areas. And I will say that the movie does feel long. It does like it comes in at like a little under under two hours, but yeah. you get to like the darker so- half of the sec- darker second half of the film, and it does start to drag in places. Like it, it feels like you know you're getting to the same points over and over again. And it's like yeah, I see where the movie's going, but it still needs to apparently tell the story, and it kind of feels lengthy and getting to that place. But overall, it's still a, like a fun experience, I guess. And I mean. Guys, all our theaters were packed with women, right? Seeing this movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, this isn't a movie that I'm like gonna. It's not gonna be one of the Soderbergh films that I own, even though I like having my Soderbergh movies. It's it's, but mainly because, I mean, I'm not gonna be watching a male stripper movie in my house by myself compared to having the audience experience of watching Magic Mike in theaters, which I think makes a significant difference. <laughs> I'm sold. I'll watch it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> What did you think of the other various male stripper characters in this film? You have uh, besides Alex, besides Alex Pettifer and Chain Tatum, you have Matt Balmer from White Collar. You have Joe Mangiliano from uh, <laughs> True Blood. I did it. I pulled it off. And uh, of, uh, Matt McConaughey, of course. And of course, wrestler Kevin Nash in this movie. Doing uh, particularly no dances in the dance scenes, but uh, <laughs> I just remember him like he's just like moving in the background, like Kevin Nash. Come on, but. Uh, no, I, again, I thought that they were they were 
they didn't they didn't uh, go beyond the scope of oh we have to delve into everybody's life we've got to show that everybody's a good guy it's just more of they're just all co-workers they all kind of just hang out together at various times and they all seem to not really take this as um i don't know something that is really over the top it could have been like a, a coyote ugly for men but it, it's not really like crazy you know it, it's kind of just more of yeah we're all just dudes we all just hang out um we all do it the same job but at the same time we're all trying to dream big as well um but again i think that they're handled pretty well um i did want to say that it kind of it was really weird to have alex pettifer and matt balmer boomer balmer balmer, balmer. matt bombs Matt Bombs, yeah. Matty Bombs. Matty Bombs. Uh, back together. <laughs> uh, after um, In Time. <laughs> I was like, wow, isn't that the dude? Yeah, it is the dude. Well, they were. Oh, okay, I forgot. Yeah, because I forgot yeah. In Time because it sucks. But yeah, I forgot yes. that movie. <laughs> so I just wanted to speak to you really quick about watching this as a, a you know, as Aaron mentioned, as a straight man. Um, you know, the, the, the actual scenes of the stripping weren't anything, like, I feel like they played them the the same way as like the they're in on the joke kind of of this like it's it's not really the stripping scenes are i mean yeah they're about the guys taking their clothes off but you really feel the sense of like the cheesiness of like the the costumes and the routines and it's actually i found myself laughing like a lot during the stripping because it's so ridiculous and i think they soderbergh handles it really well I, i just thought it was actually kind of hilarious anytime that they were up there stripping that and i was impressed by any and all of the dance moves that Especially just Tanning Tatum spinning on that rope for like what seemed like a really long yeah. and inexplicably like yeah he looked like was... the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> I was thinking that they fast forwarded it, but then I was like, I I don't think so. You can but, just dance. Yeah, you know you really can, and I was like, wow, this is really good at this. Anything else about Magic Mike before we wrap up here? Jordan, go see it. I'll see it. All right, then let's go, yeah let's get to our uh, rating once again on. Uh, on the on the same scale, uh, Jose, where would you put Magic Mike? Uh, what's the one below theater? Is it matinee? Dollar theater. Dollar theater. Dollar theater. Go go catch it. I mean, it was it was an enjoyable movie. I think, I I wouldn't say rush out and go see it as soon as you can, but if you have the time and if you like Soderbergh, go watch it. Abe, I'd say Netflix. You know, um, something you can watch with some buddies or whatever. Just it, you and you the guys can get around a campfire and put on Magic Mike and hang out. Time. Have a tent, cowboy hat, Cow- yeah, Tarzan swing, Tarzan swing, <laughs> <laughs> a shake weight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would say I would say dollar theater just because I like it. That audience experience, I think, is worth it for Magic Mike. Just it makes it more a more. Inter- I should mention, by the way, Magic Mike literally begins with Channing Tatum like full buck ass naked, and then like immediately follows up with Olivia Munn topless. So it's like, wh- okay, like this movie's having everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, reason for straight guys to see this movie. Yeah, Olivia, Olivia Munn's top was in like the first like two minutes of the movie. <laughs> All right, so yeah, um, Magic Mike, we, we and Ted, we both liked both of these movies. Let's uh, okay, Magic Mike, a little movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. Um, any movie you thought of, babe? Step Up in Twenty One Jump Street. Uh, Jose? Yeah, Step Up. And, uh, I never finished watching this movie, but uh, Midnight Midnight Cowboys. A Midnight Cowboys. Cowboy. Cowboy. That's a good. Yeah. That's a very good. It's a really. It's, it's sad. Um, 
It is. It's a, it's a sad movie. It's a, it's effective. Yeah, I thought of, I thought of the full Monty because I, as I said, I like that movie quite a bit, and I was like, what other male stripper movies have I seen that I just enjoy? And I think that's like the only one. And Soderbergh films. So between like Soderbergh and the Full Monty, I was like, why would I not want to see Magic Mike? I mean, there's no there's no possible reason that I wouldn't be entertained by this. Um, and yeah, Boogie Nights and Coyote Ugly came to mind as well. So I guess we could. That's like yeah, you know, that's it for Magic Mike for now. But let's get on to the box office. Each week we try to go over the box office totals and find out if our previous week's predictions were right. Um, we all predict since we were originally just going to talk about Ted, we all predicted what we thought Ted would do next weekend, and we have uh, Marcus put down Ted at number three with thirty million, which is a shame actually for Marcus because he changed his vote. Maxwell put down number three with eighteen. Mark Hoban went second with twenty million. Abe went third. Hey, what'd you go with? You I go, uh, yeah, I went with third with like twenty-two or something like that. Twenty-four. 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 Yeah. I went second with twenty-five. Ted did much better than I think many people were expecting because it's number one this weekend with $54 million. Wow. Yeah, quite a haul. Uh, 54, which is like one of the biggest R-rated openings of all time. Magic Mike came in second with $39 million, which is the biggest opening of Steven Soderbergh's career. Wow. <laughs> and uh, Pat, no bigger than the Oceans movies. Uh, Brave was in third with $34 million. Um, Tyler Perry's... Medea's Witness Protection, which I assume Jordan saw and is just waiting to tell us about, <laughs> came in at fourth with $26 million. Wait, is that open? Yes. Yeah, it opened last weekend. So now you have to go see Magic Mike and Tyler Perry's Medea's Witness Protection so you can give us a full report. What? That's not playing anywhere around here. Aaron hasn't been able to see it because all the lines are too long. Yeah, I kept having to see Ted again because, because I couldn't get <laughs> Medea's Witness Family Protection, whatever. All right, well, <laughs> yeah, so Ted made quite a bit of money. A lot more than any of us were expecting. Uh, so, you know, good for Ted. Good for Ted, yeah, movie. Before. And good for Magic Mike as well, because that movie cost very little to make, and yet Soderbergh turned it into, like, this ridiculously probably front-loaded front box box office total, because, I mean, I think just packs of women wanted to see this movie the first weekend, but it's probably going to drop significantly next weekend, especially because Spider-Man opens, among other things. But, yeah, so, yeah, Ted, $54 million. Good, good on them. Um, wow, it really did cost nothing to make. I know, right? <laughs> Seven million. Really? I uh, I think we have some time for this, Abe. You think we have time? I think we've got time for some games. Uh, Maddie Bob's approved. Maddie Bob's approved. Let's play a game we haven't played in a while. Let's play Knockout. Yes. Okay, so knockout um, for Jose because I don't. I think you're the only one that probably hasn't played this game. Jordan, I think you played this game. This is where we take turns listing the films of an actor or director. So basically, one of us who sits out is going to name either an actor or director, and everyone else has to name films from that person. And we go in an order. And if you can't think of one, you're out. You get what I'm saying? Get what I'm laying down? Okay. Yeah. All right. So I can host first. You want to host first? Okay. Yeah. Then we'll go in the order of me, Jordan. Jordan, then Jose. Okay, so Aaron, Jordan, and then Jose. All right. Tom Hanks. Uh, Toy Story. Apollo 13. Um, Forrest Gump. Joe versus the Volcano. Castaway. Big. Uh, Toy Story 2. <laughs> You've got mail. Toy Story 3. Sleep is in Seattle. The Da Vinci Code. Uh, Angels and Demons. Bachelor Party. Angels and Demons. 
Already been said. Sorry. You're out. <laughs> Damn it. That's I meant... <laughs> uh, I didn't uh, taste in some of those. Oh. Um, Larry Crown? No. What's it called? That's a movie. That you is Larry Crown, yeah. <laughs> that thing you do. I like that movie. It's a good movie. It's better than Polar Larry Express. Polar Express. <laughs> nice. Um, Philadelphia. Um. Ooh, sorry, Jose. Uh, you are out. <laughs> Aaron, you take round one. Yeah, knockout. <laughs> yeah, we should have that voice. Knockout. Knockout. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my turn. I'm going to name somebody. Here we go. Matthew McConaughey. The Lincoln Lawyer. Jordan Hose. Oh, uh, Killer Joe. Um, his, his greatest film of all time, Fool's Gold. <laughs> Ed TV. We are Marshall. Magic Mike. Uh, Tropical Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Two for the money. Days and Confused. Sahara. Tiptoes. Tiptoes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I gotta put that trailer in the show notes. <laughs> uh, the Ghost of Girlfriends Past. Woo. Um, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Amistad. It's a very similar movie. You can name Amistad. Uh, I, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The Next Generation. Oh, he was in that. I used to love that movie. Used to? What happened? He stopped. Well, still do. Okay, Mainly for, for Renee Zellweger, right? <laughs> All right. Um, so who? Abe one, right? Or no? Jordan. 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 Yeah. Uh, Jose, you pick one. Let us go. You'll um, go. You'll go. Myself, Abe, Jordan. Marky Mark. Mark Wahlberg. The big hit. Um, the fighter. Three kings. Perfect storm. Ted. Uh, uh, we own the night. Renaissance man. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Boogie Nights. Uh, my turn? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the big hit. Nah, it's already been said. No! No! Get to no! the chopper. The Happening. Uh, Max Payne. I Heart Huckabees. Date Night. Wait. Oh, I'm out. God damn uh, Because uh, I was racking my brain. I was like, what's the next The, 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 the Departed is what I couldn't think of. The Departed. Yeah. The Fighter. Yeah, I already said the fighter. Abe said the fighter. Okay, oh, oh. That one. okay one more uh, uh, for Jordan. You started off. And All right. Uh, my, myself, Abe, Jose. All right. All right. Uh, Steve Buscemi. Fargo. Uh, Boardwalk Empire. That's not a movie you're out. Ah! <laughs> uh, Reservoir Dogs. No, it's me. Because um, uh, but Miller's Crossing. Uh, Big Lebowski. Um. Uh, Barton Fink. Uh, Monsters Inc. Yes. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, that's Joe Pants, not Steve Buscemi. Um, shoot. Oh, Con Air. There's like seven Adam Sandler movies you can name. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. Sandler movie and you'll get it. Um, Happy Gilmore. Was he not in that one? No, he's not. That's the one you picked. <laughs> 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 
Or most Michael Bay films, too. What? What'd you say? Or most Michael Bay films. Yep, yep, that, yeah. <laughs> the island. Um, Alright, so I guess I won. G-Force. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, went to G-Force, but I was, trying, I was thinking Cats and Dogs, but Joe Pants is that one, not, and not Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's that's it for Knockout. <laughs> that was fun. I played Knockout in a while. I like that game. Wait, who won that last round? I did. You did. Okay, so I went, you I won two, two of them. Wow. Yeah, that's why we that's why we stopped. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, let's talk about what we're gonna talk about next week. Next week we have the Amazing Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man movie. <laughs> 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 All right? Is that what I think that's uh, what it's called. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, it's coming out. Um, this should be how? Let's see. I don't even know how to predict the box office for this because it comes out on Tuesday, May, June. Yeah, July. it's gonna be hard. It's July now. I should change my calendar. It's gonna be July. Yeah. It comes out July third, um, and you know has all the way up until the weekend for us to record a new show. So, Oof. I don't. Yeah, I don't. What else comes out? Uh, Savages comes out, and Jordan, I believe there's a Katy Perry movie. Do you know? If you recall the name of it? Oh, Katy Perry, uh, Come On Me? Yeah, that, that's probably what it's called. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, all right, so Spider-Man. Obviously, it's going to be number one next weekend, unless Salma Hayek's wig can somehow take that away from Spider-Man. Any any guesses on Spider what Spider-Man could, could have made by, say, next Sunday? It's like a six-day total. I don't know. 92 million? That's it? Six days? Fourth, a Fourth of July week? Oof, that's so hard. Also, let me hear. Let me recap some of the previous Spider-Man films, even though it's kind of hard to to make a judgment on those. Make, well, yeah, but they all come out on like weird days. So here, like, let's see. the The first Spider-Man film, which was a you know hugest thing ever at the time, opened at 114 million dollars, and that was in one weekend. Spider-Man Two came out on like a Wednesday, I believe, and had I guess an 88 million dollar weekend, but it made it it made like 100 something dollars from Wednesday to to Sunday. Spider-Man 3 opened to $151 million total. That was in one weekend, I believe, as well. Uh, I'll go with uh, 112. 112? Yeah, peaches and cream. For the for the entire six-day period? Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay, I'll change mine. I didn't... I didn't yeah, wait, you had one? <laughs> well, I said 92. I wasn't taking that seriously. <laughs> oh. Well, good. Okay. Um, I guess... A hundred and hundred and seventeen. Any thoughts, Jose? Uh, I'm gonna go a little bit under eight. I'll say one ten. Okay, one ten. Um, I I'm going higher than you guys. I I see a lot of money coming Spider-Man's way in the first six days of release. I'm gonna say 130. Oh wow! That's playing in IMAX 3D as well, isn't it? It yeah, it has that that IMAX 3D bump as well. But I'm still I'm still saying 130. That's what I'm going with. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. I guess. Um, I should note that Jordan and I. As well as Jim Dietz and Scott Mendelson, over the past few days, we did commentaries for the first Spider-Man film and the second Spider-Man film, which should be up at some point, maybe before this podcast goes up, or maybe afterwards. At least one of them will probably be up. Yes. And um, quite fun. Jordan, Jim, and I always like to have fun with the commentaries. But Scott Mendelson, that was his first commentary for the first Spider-Man film, and he, we were nonstop talking in that one. So that, that's certainly <laughs> one to check out. <laughs> He's such an interesting guy. He is for sure. I got to meet him the other day, actually, like in person. That was nice. Okay. Oh, nice. But yeah, so that's uh, that's our box office results. Let's talk. Let's uh, yeah, that's you know Spider Man's next week. Uh, I <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. 
I know many people are like hesitant, but I'm looking forward to it. So there. And yeah, that's going to do it this week for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can uh, find more of my work at my personal blog site, thecodezeek.com, where you can find all my written film reviews, as well as at wisebluecom for Blu-ray reviews and other reviews from the other cool guys at that at that site. You can also find me at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS3. Abe? You can find more of Aaron's work at thecodezeek.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blackfoot.com uh, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Jordan? You can go to damndirtyblog.blogspot.com and read awesome articles. Find me on Facebook or Twitter at AmsterdamChap. Jose? Uh, yeah, that uh, you can find some of my writings or the, what little there is at a, the, that's the thoughtful slacker.blogspot.com. And uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Jose Cordova. So that's pretty straightforward. Great. And uh, yeah, you can find all the other episodes about now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes. At hhwlod.com, it is the site that hosts our podcast, and is you know there are other shows there as well, including the Legion of Dudes and Walking Dead TV podcast, which are just fun other shows about comics, games, and movies and stuff. There are a bunch of cool guys that help host those, and um, yeah, out now Potomatic is where you can find a lot of the newest episodes as well, and some exclusives. You can also email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. We had a contest winner just because he decided to email in a very simple thing, and he gets to win two DVDs now. Great for him. Yeah. You guys, you know, do the same thing. I have to email us some questions and stuff. We like answering stuff on the air. It makes our job easier. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's fun interacting with the various people that, you know, enjoy the show. Or don't and want to make fun of Abe. You know, either way. Oh. No, make fun uh, of Aaron this time. People be, they don't make fun of me. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> of course, follow our pages at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast where all the updates and latest episodes and what have you will all be posted there frequently. Fun show today, guys. I'm talking about Ted and Magic Mike for y'all. Thanks for coming on, Jordan and Jose. Thank you for having me. Woo! Thanks a lot, guys. Good times. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, Spider-Man next week. Until then, so long. And goodbye. Oh, damn.